Hello, welcome to Fantastic Beats. Three people, three tracks. We swap them, we talk about them. I'm Jack Tudor. I'm Lizzie Maris. And our very first guest on this podcast is none other than my brother uh, and a human in his own right, apparently, according to the notes that he left us, uh, and also a musician as well. It's James Tudor. Hi, James. Hello. Hi there. Hi, thanks for coming on the very first episode of Fantastic Beats. So this is a podcast, like I say, where we're going to be swapping music recommendations that we've all brought to the table. We've all brought one track each and we've gone away and listened to them and now we're coming back here to talk about them. We're going to keep it like quite snappy, quite speedy and I'm going to kick off uh, with my track recommendation that I put to the other two uh, and that's Low uh, and the song's called Always Trying to Work It Out. So this is uh, a band from the States, and this particular track came out on their album Double Negative, which was released last year, and I've never really got into Low. They've been around for ages. Um, But then a podcast that I listened to, which does album reviews, talked about this record, raved about this album, and so I thought I'd better check it out. And it's a really beautiful record of really weird kind of slow sad murky songs that are just covered in buckets of of noise and echo and this track i've picked is probably my favorite uh and it's just i mean as i say it's saturated in effects it's a beautiful melody uh but it kind of clenches in and out it's got this weird throbbing effect going all the way through it it gets like engulfed by distortion at at one point Uh, i just love the fact that it's a really gorgeous track the vocal harmonies are lovely And yet they're quite happy to sabotage it by just completely drenching it in all kinds of different noises and sounds that undercut the main melody. So, yeah, it's one that I really like. The lyrics as well, I think, are really cool. Uh, But Lizzie, what did you think? Yeah, so this one, it definitely feels suspended to me. So I was thinking, you know, when you are trying to work something out and you sort of screw up your face and you sort of uh, take yourself out of the conversation or out of the room sort of mentally for a few seconds to kind of think about what you're trying to put across. Yeah. This song sort of feels like it, it might hang there. Yes. So it's kind of floating because it is a bit gloomy and a bit kind of um, shadowy. But yeah, I yeah, I like the bit where it, it gets incredibly distorted and then kind of like snaps itself out of it. And interestingly, that's kind of towards the end. Yes. So that for me felt like the bit where you might sort of like come back into consciousness and go, oh, I'm in a room full of people and I need to react. Um, yes. So, yeah, yeah, I like the narrative of it as well. He talks about being like in the grocery show and not knowing how to react. So, yeah, uh, gloomy, <laughs> gloomy. You sound like sort of <laughs> all right with it, but not 100% hmm. convinced. I like thinking about where it would sit rather than it. <laughs> all right fair james what do you reckon yeah i I thought it was a really um interesting track like i've never listened to low before so it's my first time uh checking them out um i thought it was interesting lizzie mentioned about the coming back to consciousness like this the big kind of booming uh sub boom sound that kind of underpins the rhythm of the whole song it really reminded me of kind of like um in a film where there's like a big explosion or something and then there's that moment of silence before the noise and the consciousness all comes back right it's that kind of really confusing sort of moment i i really felt that um yeah that 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 sort of sprang to my mind and it just sounds like this huge underwater explosion i thought it was a really cool um kind of effect that i haven't really heard in anything else like all the other instruments kind of dip out momentarily in that 
yeah in that space after the boom if that makes sense but, yeah 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 totally yeah. that's yeah that's the thing you hear it i think you hear it a lot in dance music so it like it's a technique often used in like trance and techno isn't it where you get this sucking effect when there's like a bass yeah. drum and it gives the whole thing a sense of it's almost like it's breathing but uh, yes. in this, it's like even the vo- even the lead vocal gets sucked into it, almost like a black hole, which is yeah. a weird thing to do because usually the vocal is like this infallible thing at the front that doesn't get touched. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, and I think the fact that you've both picked up on the fact that it's almost there's this bewilderment about it because there's a lyric where mm-hmm. he says, I think, and I, I can't find anywhere where the lyrics are actually spelled out, but he says something like, I saw your shit downtown at the gallery, as if almost like modern art is also something that discombobulates people. Oh, see, I read it said, sorry, shit fell down. I forget her name. Yeah. So I thought he I thought he was talking about like an, an old relationship. Yeah, this is it. Well, <laughs> this is what I think. It's kind of a meta meaning, isn't it? That we're trying to suss out the meaning of a song that's talking about miscomprehension, which is quite nice. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they got us. They got <laughs> us. <laughs> Bloody fools. <laughs> Should we move on to our second track? And that one is James's track. James, what do you reckon? When I say what do you reckon, I mean, James, <laughs> what's <Hello>. your track? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the track I chose was a song called Dolphin by Panda Bear. So Dolphin uh, is the first single to be released from Panda Bear's new album coming out in February. So Panda Bear is one of the members of Animal Collective who've been going for probably about 20 years now Um, and I've been following Panda Bear solo music for about 10 years and the sound that he has has developed quite a lot over that time and it's always based on kind of a lot of uh, samples and electronic sounds but over that time it still has managed to retain that very Panda Bear sound if that makes sense and there's always something kind of interesting or unusual going on and um, this song in particular has got like a watery sample that plays a bit of a percussive role and it sounds like a pebble being thrown or dropped into water there's like a a big emphasis on the vocal melody as well and harmony which i love um and that's something that's common in all of panda bear's music really and kind of like the the beach boys who i absolutely love (laughs) really um (laughs) slightly um but yeah so there's kind of particularly the vocal melody they're kind of floating over the edge there's never really any jagged edges throughout the the song just mm. got this kind of lovely floaty melody um, woven over the top. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. I think it's a good example of Panda Bear's sound and it's got me warmed up for, for the rest of the album coming out soon. Yeah, what did you guys think? Uh, yeah, it starts with uh, this kind of like cascading, like an arcade shooting sound. Yeah. It goes like, blah, 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 which is yes. actually kind of out of character for the rest of the track, I think. Yeah. And <laughs> It felt to me like I had fallen down a trapdoor into a sewer and then that dripping sound, that's where that was coming from. And then you sort of like, at the end, you sort of find your way out and you come back into the real world and you just sort of carry on. Um, yeah, the dripping sound is 
really interesting and you kind of think nah 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 this won't be there the whole way through but I'm pretty pretty sure it is isn't what? it it's the whole yeah, it's the whole way yeah. through <laughs> yeah couldn't possibly be um yeah interestingly as well it had a it has a sort of uh I, I wanted to find a better way to describe this but let's go for it it's got a sort of jack johnson sunny acoustic guitar oh, like sort of driving yes. <laughs> driving all the way through it which is kind of odd because it's this very sort of like slightly odd song with, with a bit of yeah. like a driving kind of gloom to it i thought it would you i wouldn't necessarily describe it as a happy song mm-hmm. um but there is this kind of lone jack johnson-y acoustic guitar in it which yeah. i really liked i thought that was nice <laughs> yeah 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 I, I thought it was a it's really strange track i've had a really interesting time with it because you get the instruments coming in within the first like i don't know 30 seconds Mm -hmm. and you almost expect especially because the melody feels so grand like the melody itself is actually i think quite romantic and quite majestic um and i almost expected like an orchestra to maybe would perhaps billow into the second half and i think the only sort of instrumental development that's kind of consistent in the song is the fact that the drum machine speeds up like about halfway through apart from that it just stays in that sort of cocoon that it starts out with which i was almost quite frustrated with that to begin with because it almost feels like it trails off mid-sentence like the end of the track just comes and it's like oh it's it's done but Mm. yeah uh, i mean i saw i think i might have mentioned to you james but i saw uh, panda bear at field day festival uh during the summer and he looked really stranded on stage. Like, it almost looked like he couldn't fill the space he was in. But having yeah. heard this track as well, I feel like I understand that that's probably part of a deliberate effect where he's almost generating this vast amounts of space on either side of him that he refuses to fill. Uh, and totally. It, it certainly draws attention, I think, to the, the few elements that are there. I mean, the vocal sounds like it's been auto-tuned because it is so smooth. And yeah. I, there's almost times where the, there's a like a vocal vibrato in it, but that vibrato sounds like it's been applied afterwards. Like it's not in his voice. It's like an effect, which is weird. And yeah, I just think compared to the, the other material of his that I've heard, which is often quite chaotic and very noisy and quite wishy-washy. Like when I say wishy-washy, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's sloshing around and like in water. Like this was yeah. a really refined, like a really simple track. But because it doesn't feel concluded, I keep coming back to it. So I've, I've been really intrigued yeah. by this. I, I've really uh, it's really interesting a couple of things that um, each of you uh, picked up on actually is I was going to mention about how water seems to be a common theme throughout his music and not in such an obvious way that all the lyrics about water but I think in his sound and yeah I guess it, it really evokes a sense of kind of watery themes to me when I listen to it but yeah um, also, another interesting thing I think Lizzie uh, pointed out about the sound at the start that felt like um, you were cascading down into a sewer. Mm. Um, I almost said as well that the, the water dropping sound reminds me a lot of occasionally you get the odd one that sounds a bit like the jump sound from Super Mario Brothers. Yes. The old NES. And yes. if you think about jumping, you know, going down into a sewer and then this jumping sound going along. It's, it's essentially a, um, a tribute to Super Mario Brothers in that way, I guess. Right. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a dad, isn't he, as well? So I wonder if all these childhood yes. themes are coming up because he's around his kids. Oh, because possibly. He mentioned yeah. that auto-tune became a big thing because all his kids listen to, you know, this modern music and it's all auto-tuned yeah. and stuff. So could be. 
Yeah. Could be. All right. Really, really nice little unique one, that. You can say of that one you won't have heard anything like it. It's nice. Real nice. Nice. Awesome. I'm gonna switch off the screen Unblinded And I'll always find you So Lizzie's track is our last recommendation of the day. Yeah, so my track is Declare Independence by Björk. So uh, I think in contrast to your your two songs, this is this is not new. This is very old. This is 2007 off her Volta album. So yeah, this is an absolute punch to the face of a song. So this is distorted. It's pretty, it's pretty obnoxious as well. It kind of has these <laughs> electric shock sounds that sort of punctuate it all the way through, which are kind of, it does feel like an electric chair every time kind of one hits you if you have it on quite loud. It's very much like a relentless marching protest song so the kind of the main line in it is she she's kind of uh shouting declare independence don't let them do that to you but it's really interesting because that the word that becomes very and them sort of becomes very pivotal because i know that throughout my life that and them has become many different things it's yeah. become a boss at work. It's become, you know, a political vote. It's it's it's, it's really interesting, and she does. Um, it's kind of stayed with her throughout her career. So she will change it for different shows and in different countries, and sometimes that gets her into trouble because she was, you know, using it to talk about um, the Catalonia vote in. 2017 and wow. stuff and she's got yeah so so it's not it's you know obviously I think originally it sort of came from Icelandic independence and Greenland and and because of course where she's from but it has kind of stayed with her throughout her career to be kind of come this shifting punky kind of protest song and yeah one of the standout bits is where she in between sort of a little bridge she hisses like justice and I had to look up what she was saying because for a long time I didn't know uh, no I didn't know uh, exactly, just but now. it's it's justice yeah 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 <laughs> um but yeah it's great and then at the end when you think it's kind of done or it's kind of slowing it goes into absolute overdrive everything becomes relentless everything becomes distorted and one extra tiny little thing on this one the video is well 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 worth a watch because yes. she's kind of playing this huge loom of people and protest but actually the video is great but watch the making of video because you will not believe what went into making that video because you kind of think oh they might have done it this way but no they built this massive marching loom machine yeah. i don't know what they did with don't know what they did with it afterwards or where that went um <laughs> but um, but yeah the video is an extra one to watch with this but yeah it's just uh it's just one of my favorite songs she's bjerk's just one of my favorite people it's one of my favorite songs and it's a good angry fucking song yeah big time <laughs> uh so james what do you reckon uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a really cool song. Listening to Lizzie um, talk about it just now has given it a new kind of level of interest. I didn't know. Um, I didn't actually research how old the song was at all. So um, mm. the fact that it's become this shifting anthem that has served many different purposes over the years is really cool. Mm. Um, and that obviously, I, I missed that when I when I listened to it. But I think the thing that stood out for me most was how um, cleverly produced it was. Because I think song that you know what's being played uh, is very kind of chaotic and discordant, particularly when it kind of builds up, and it would easily sound like 
a kind of very like heavy metal song yeah um if it was produced differently but i think mm. it doesn't come across that way and it, obviously you can feel the aggression and it's it's got energy but it doesn't sound like a heavy metal song which i thought it could easily do if it was kind of produced differently mm. and the the kind of zappy sounds like the glitchy printer dial-up connection-y sort of sounds I thought were, were really interesting as well but yeah I, I, I really liked it I thought it was interesting but I think for me like I think I sway a lot more towards more emotional I guess music and this had quite a robotic sound with the re- repetition and the type of sounds used which I thought yeah. made it a really interesting song but yeah I think I'm, I didn't quite get that emotional side that I normally like to cling on to but yeah really enjoyed listening no fair. interesting i think seeing it live would probably change that yeah because um yeah. it is incredibly emotional live and then of course depending right. on where you are and where your country's at at that time it yeah. could be incredibly yeah that's that's a really interesting point yeah. jack jack what are you saying well we we saw it live didn't we we saw it in paris at the zenith yeah. and i think she uh, actually finished her set with it but it's uh, interesting actually that we talk about the context that the song is in because as you say, mm-hmm. it's 2007 and the album Volta that it's taken from. It, it comes like, it's the penultimate track on the album. And the three tracks before it are uh, those kind of almost what would, I guess you could consider classic Björk songs at the moment, where they these really ribbon-like sort of unspooling melodies. Uh, emotionally, mm-hmm. it's got this ambiguity to it. It's very fluid. And then you get this song, like right as you think the album is starting to wind down which is just this, I mean, it's the most aggressive and direct thing I think she's ever done. And it's an anthem Mm. as well. Like there's, uh, like I say, the songs beforehand are are not anthems, but this is so universal (laughs) and so simplistic, but in a way which is designed to mobilise. And it's just basically a battering ram. So raw. Like I, I think she, the sequencing of the album really brings this out as well like it's worth going through the whole record just to hear declare independence at that point but um mm-hmm. i mean i love well, everything you've both mentioned already but also uh when the drum machine comes in like that's a moment because it comes in mm. a beat <laughs> earlier than is, is expected so it's almost like it's too raring to go and obviously it's this like massive stomp so it's like this march this onward march and obviously, I mean, we've spoken about the various contexts that it can be put in. I mean, she's obviously a vocal feminist as well. This very much feels like something that could be applied to the patriarchy, perhaps. And, mm. you know, yeah, them can be imbued with so much. But yeah, I just think it's brutal. It's interesting what you say about it being anthemic, because actually thinking about it, it's the only Björk song that you could probably easily sing along to. Yeah, it is. Big t- apart you're going to have a difficult so time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're going to have a difficult time following any others, aren't you? Yeah, that's it. I think that's so It's great that she really makes this song so plain and simple uh, so that anyone can co-opt it for their own purposes. It's, yeah, mm. it's just really cool. I should say as well, there, I knew in advance that this album featured the Lightning Bolt drummer. And I listened to this track and I was like, I bet this is a track with him on it because it's <laughs> such a lightning bolt style track. And if anyone's heard lightning bolt, you'll know what I mean. But actually he crops up elsewhere. But I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of buzzy aggression like found its way into to, to Clara Independence as well. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. Isn't it? Little, little nugget of trivia there yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Something to keep him hanging on. 
The listeners <laughs> love that stuff. Thank you so much, James. It's been great to have you on for this this first episode. Amazing. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great. And uh, if people want to keep up to speed with what you're doing, I mean, you've got a, a band that have just put out a new release. So, yeah, yeah. tell us about that. that that's right. Uh, so, yeah, my uh, band, uh, Midnight in England, we've just released uh, a new two-track called Real Cinema, which you can find uh, on Spotify or Bandcamp or uh, iTunes any of those ones um, yeah Midnight in England Real Cinema check it out if you feel like it certainly do <laughs> yeah and uh, Lizzie where can people find us Fantastic Beats you can find us for all your Fantastic Beats needs at fantasticbeatspodcast.com we are also on Twitter at fantastic underscore pod or if you want to be on the show you want to talk to us you can email us at hello at fantasticbeatspodcast.com got how many times during recording this this is the very first one are we going to say Fantastic Beasts all the it's time it's kind of the point but it's already <laughs> happening yeah oh. <laughs> it's a nightmare <laughs> but we'll, we'll get through it okay great well thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.